I am excited about this episode because of the guest that was brought to me, Paul, who is a leader and trailblazer in elevating veteran-owned businesses. You may know that my husband, Dan, is a veteran of the United States Air Force, and my son, David, is now in the Army. We need to give respect to those people who defend us so that we can live in freedom, and I sincerely mean that. And hopefully that you realize as well, it is a noble cause despite so much adversity. And Paul is one of those people that I interview. But more importantly, one of the things he talks about is setting the example, being the leader that you want to be when there are no leaders in your world for which you could model their behavior. If you want to see more out of your organization in how they conduct meetings, interact with people, and you're not seeing it. The message I have for you, and I coach this in my C-Suite Academy as well as one-on-one coaching, be the leader you want to be. Be the leader you want to see in others, but sometimes it starts with you. You need to be the leader and show what is right or a better way. And I promise you, others will start following you as the leader you are meant to be. So, Again, fear not if you don't see the right environment for you and you see a better way of doing things, simply be the leader. So please join us in this amazing interview with Paul. He talks about so many wonderful insights from his career that will absolutely help you getting where you need to go. So I am grateful for this opportunity and do hope you enjoy it as well. But I think where our biggest impact is, is leading by example. Yeah, there are all those within our system, but as we continue to succeed in our system, people ask us, how did you succeed? What's your recipe for success? I said, I can't tell you. <laughs> it's vet corps. <laughs> we hire <laughs> veterans. You should try it. And so anytime we have the opportunity, we pay it forward. We talk to industry associations, chambers of commerce. We talk to fellow veterans to help them understand the challenges we've been through So I think that even the larger impact is our story, our brand, who we represent, and we lead by example to show others how we don't believe it's taking a chance on veterans, but we recognize that some people do, and we say, hey, you should try it. It will pay you back. The return on investment will be substantial. Welcome to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. I'm Deb Coviello, and as the drop-in CEO, I drop into businesses and assume the CEO role to enhance the human element and increase the results they achieve. This podcast is about bringing you conversations with expert guests who have achieved their greatest results built on a strong foundation of purpose, values, and elevating people. If you're a business leader, entrepreneur, or even just getting started in business, Join us as we build the skills you need to achieve your goals. Hello, my name is Deb Coviello, and I want to welcome you to the Drop-In CEO. I get to speak to amazing people week after week. This time we get to get to know a little bit about Paul Hooser. So he is the CEO of VetCore, a restoration company focused on creating meaningful and sustainable employment opportunities for veterans. And Team VetCore, a holding company composed of several companies focused on creating business 
business ownership opportunities for vets. He has served 23 years on active duty, including four combat tours in Iraq, service as the dean of U.S. Army Engineering School and commanding Joint Task Force Eagle in 09 and 10. There are so many things about his background, a BS in civil engineering from West Point, simply an accomplished leader and business owner. It is my pleasure to welcome you on to this show and have a conversation for our communities. Deb, thank you so much for having me and thanks for doing this. It's important for, I think, business leaders and anybody really just to hear other people's stories, share information and create networks. So thank you for that. And just before we jumped on here, you talk about being the extrovert. I am actually by nature an introvert. But as soon as we get one-on-one with each other, it's like, oh, I am so curious about what you do. We never know what actually comes out of these conversations. We do have a plan, but I love being in the moment, hearing my guests' stories, their journeys, something about them personal. And Along the way, we get something inspirational for the people that are listening to Paul, listening to myself. But before we get into your story, you're doing an Ironman. What inspired you (laughs) to get ready for an Ironman? Oh, my. (laughs) Yeah, it's a half Ironman. So I got some of my West Point classmates have been doing it. And I started cycling this past year. And I've been a swimmer and a runner. And to start getting into it, I was encouraging one of my West Point classmates who was doing a full Ironman and we do it on our Facebook page. And then one of them chimed in and says, hey, you should do it. You should do the half Ironman with us in May in Florida. Another one of my West Point classmates is a two-star general. I said, I'll do it if he does it. And, you know, I challenged him because we had both kind of taken up cycling and doing smaller triathlons. And he said, all right, it's on. I already got a place for us to stay. We're doing it. I said, all right. Growth happens outside the comfort zone, and I'm stretching myself way outside my comfort zone. And sincerely appreciate that. And that's probably going to be the theme for most of what we're talking is going outside your comfort zone. You never know what may happen on the other side. And a quick story, I was dared to do a half marathon again. I may not look very athletic, but I said, I'll do it. And when I got myself ready, the person that dared me later had an injury. Hey, I couldn't actually did it. So I wound up training myself and doing it for the pure sport and the challenge to say, can I do it? But I will tell you, there is a thrill crossing the finish line and seeing family members there. It does push you. And it's interesting to see what the body and the mind are actually made of. So kudos and good luck with your training. So it's all about you today. So I would love if you could just introduce yourself to my audience, a little bit about yourself personally, the journey you've been on and the work that you do now, because I will tell you being in the military, also setting up your own business. There's a lot of grit, tenacity, all of that that makes the person. And I think there's a great story people can learn from. So Paul, please. Yeah. Well, again, thanks. You you covered much of the significant things about my past, but I'll pick it up from there. I retired in 2013 from active duty, just had amazing experiences uh, that informed who I am and formed how I became an adult because I joined, I went into West Point at 18 and then four years at West Point, 23 years later, here I am. And I really wanted to find something meaningful. I wanted to be part of something bigger than myself. I'm an accidental entrepreneur, as many entrepreneurs are. It was offered this opportunity to start this business and really create opportunities for veterans focused on that. And so I said, yeah, all right, I'm all in. And I've got a great business partner that believed in me. And since then, We've grown it, created great opportunities, and it's allowed me to talk about the value that veterans bring to, I'll say, civilian business teams, 
because there's such a divide between veterans and society because veterans are very only about 7% of the population and it's getting smaller. So that's where my passion has been. And through this opportunity of VetCorps and now really franchising VetCorps to create meaningful, sustainable employment opportunities and now business ownership opportunities for vets who are in turn only going to hire more vets has really driven me. So I speak a lot about veterans advocacy, about the value of veterans. And really that's from 2013 on, that's been my main passion in life and my purpose. Oh, that's such a great story. But I want to go into something you just said, the value of veterans or the differences between veterans and civilians. Again, we are all seeking to be productive citizens of society and just have a better day for ourselves, our family and our community. But what are maybe the characteristics or differences that you see in some of these veterans as they explore franchising opportunities? Those veteran advocates talk about what great team players we are, the sense of duty, teamwork all that kind of stuff. I absolutely believe all that. They're uncompromising values. But I'm not sure the companies, the civilian organizations hire and fire based on those types of characteristics. I think they'll fire based on the lack of those characteristics if they come mm-hmm. out. But typically, they're hiring you based on what's on your resume and your keyword search and all that kind of stuff. And veterans do a terrible job. One, there's a whole different vocabulary in the military. And so there's this translation issue. But also there's challenges with credentialing and you actually rarely do you get credentialed in a civilian credential in your military job. So there's those things. So I try to explain some other things that are important. You look back at my career, every three to four years, changing jobs, changing technologies. I can't tell you the number of new radios, new weapon systems, new things that we've had to adapt to. It's very much an upper out leader development. I call it the greatest leadership laboratory in the world. And each one of us comes with recipes for success, things that we've learned that are ingrained in us. Commanders, visualization, the art of command, battle command, understand, visualize, describe, direct, assess, and just continue to iterate that. Imagine if you're in any organization and you're continuously doing after action reviews, AARs, veterans understand that. What happened? Why did it happen? how you can improve. And we come with these recipes for success. We're lifelong learners used to changing jobs, used to adapting, improvising, overcoming. We have this base level leadership skill set and problem solving set that really brings value. And most people don't get their stigmas associated with us, right? That if you're wearing fatigues, if you're in the army, you're a tanker, you're an artilleryman. If you're in the Navy, you're a Navy SEAL or a ship driver or sub driver, Air Force, you're a pilot, Marines, you're a grunt. But the skill sets that are in the military are the same skill sets that it takes to run a city. And I was an engineer, so I did blow up things. I learned how to build contingency bridges and all that kind of stuff. But the Army paid for me to get my master's in engineering, and I managed large projects with Army Corps of Engineers. So we've got to do better at erasing or mitigating some of those stigmas and talking about the values that we actually do bring to the table. So I got a lot of notes here, but there are so many really important things. When you talk about some of these skill sets, one being a lifelong learner, again, we should all be doing that regardless of our age, but just having frameworks for responding to situations, debriefing situations, a lot of that comes with so many years of making mistakes, or maybe you don't have a good boss to know how to do that. But that whole framework, that institution, that academy of knowledge, every 
person going up through the career should learn from this. So kudos to you for just highlighting that. And I will share a quick story. I remember working for a flavors and fragrance company, and I'm not sure where it started. It could have been a senior leader that had a military background. And I recall every new supervisor we brought into the company came from one of the military, whether it was Coast Guard, Navy, West Point, or wherever they entered into the military services. We always brought them in and they always started out supervisor, manager, eventually plant management leadership, regional leadership. We recognize that pedigree having a great foundation entering the civilian workforce and bringing those values and hopefully teaching others because this is a better way, a great structure for running business units, teams, etc. So thank you so much for that. But I would love to get now into a little bit about your work franchising. I'd love to know just a little bit more about the business model, but honestly, there are many franchise opportunities for either civilians or veterans to consider. And I would love to know a little bit more about your offering and what makes it a little bit different and better than the other opportunities. Sure. Well, thanks for the opportunity to talk about it. I mean, we believe with VetCorp, we're really trying to emulate the cultures, norms, and values of the U.S. military except I don't have the same grooming standards. My hair's a little longer. I have a beard now. I'm still in physically pretty good shape. But when we have a grand opening, typically the Chamber of Commerce will come do a ribbon cutting and those types of things. But we call it a franchise activation. On the back of my wall there, those are a set of unit colors and small little guidons. And a guidon is a flag that represents typically an organization of about 100 people, soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines. We create a guidon, a flag, for that new franchise. And we unfurl and activate that new unit, but that new franchise teammate. And the color of the guide on is based on the service of the franchisee, or if they're a civilian and just a veteran advocate, it's yellow for like a yellow ribbon, a veteran advocate. If they're army, they're black and gold. If they're Marines, scarlet and gold, Navy, Navy and gold, Air Force, blue and silver, Coast Guard, red, white, and blue. So we do so many things to still kind of develop that sense of teamwork. Many organizations call them cultural icons. And for us, those cultural icons and the climate that we're establishing is very similar to the cultures, norms, and values of the U.S. military so that we can build the brand known for timely, quality, reliable service, and the value of veterans. But it carries something forward familiar to them. So it's not such a change. It's simply a progression of what they've already done in service in a different way. So remarkable. Now, there are so many options, career opportunities, vets, maybe anybody who's not a vet. What are some of the characteristics or what would a person need or what does their profile look like that they may be an optimal person for doing franchising? You're sharing something with us. Tell us more. There's an infographic. And this is the most important thing. If you believe that the intersection of these four things is a vet core franchise opportunity, we may be a good fit. What you love doing, what the world needs, what you can be paid for, and what you're good at. Now, you don't necessarily have to be good at restoration because we're going to train you. We have this world-class training program. I tell people another thing about us franchising is all about training, standardizing, and replicating. You know any organization or institutions that have a good reputation for training, standardizing, and replicating better than the U.S. military? So it's really our sweet spot. But you have to be good at forming teams, learning, leading, managing, those types of things. Uh, What do you love doing? You don't have to necessarily love restoration work, but you have to love serving other people in their time of need. You have to love representing 
the value of veterans and representing this brand. And then clearly the world needs restoration services, dishwashers, ice makers, hot water heaters, air conditioning, and small kitchen fires. Those things happen or are going to happen. It's pandemic proof. It's recession proof. The world's going to continue to need that stuff. And you can get paid for it because typically it's in a covered loss from the insurance. The American dream still exists to own a home. Most people can't afford to pay for it out of their own pockets. They have to have a mortgage. If you have a mortgage, you have to have home insurance. Home insurance covers typically what we do. So really it comes down to, you know, do you love doing this and are you good at forming teams? And if so, then VetCore is a potential, it's the sweet spot, I call it, potential opportunity. And then we explore further. Very clear. And I appreciate that because if there is somebody out there listening and you are seeking your next opportunity, you may be giving Paul a call. So I would love to just move on a little bit. So you've built this business. It's stretched you. It's maybe changed you. I would love as you had went through this journey, how have you changed or grown as an individual building this business? Yeah. So I think general veterans and military leaders come with this phenomenal resume, practical experience, leading, managing, training, manning, training, equipping. But what we're just completely ignorant at is financing and insurance and marketing and all that stuff. And so in order to be successful, I've had to learn that stuff. And that stretched me way out of my comfort zone. It's interesting though. And you know, when you're in the military and you're changing jobs every two to three years, there's an expectation that you continue to learn. I went from commanding one of the armies at the time, three airborne engineer battalions, to being the dean of the Army's engineer school. I had to learn what it takes to be the dean of an engineer school. And the Army had confidence in me doing that. They set me up for success and et cetera. So you have to come check your ego at the door, be humble, and be willing to learn. And I've had a great mentor in route with David Howard, who was my business partner and really the founder who then hired me. And then we've kind of taken it to different levels. So all of those things, I said, the biggest thing is, I think, humility and the willingness to continue to learn and discover. And now what I try and do, I say, I've got plenty of scars and I've got plenty of lessons learned. And so if you're interested in buying a franchise, we actually award franchises, then what you're getting awarded is the benefit of my scars and my lessons learned. You'll learn new ones. Just don't relearn the same ones I learned. And we've incorporated so all of those things that typically are weaknesses for veterans. We've incorporated into our franchise system because we are veterans ourselves. You said some things that were quite remarkable that I have heard as challenges for people that are aspiring C-suite leaders or coming up in their careers. They often think, oh, I can't do that because I don't have the technical skills. And it could be they've been passed up because a leader said, we can't check the box on that. So that's an excuse for one not to pursue something that maybe they don't have the bells and whistles, but they have the potential. So I want people to think about that. Are you in the right environment with the right people that support you in the right way versus just a check the box exercise? And you also talked about the importance of having mentors in your life. Those people that one can see your potential and advocate for you to try something new or be there to make those scars a little bit less (laughs) deep and help you grow along the way. So that's just a little bit of a leadership lesson. People looking out there, if you have the potential lifelong learning and willing to take a risk, find the right environment and find the right people to guide you along the way. So you've touched a lot of people. You've had help people start their franchises. Yes, hopefully they've been able to realize a good living and help others. But 
I'd love a story if you have somehow, maybe more than usual, impacted the life of somebody that's entered into your program or your system. I think the biggest impact we have, I mean, right now, so we have just signed our 12th franchisee. That's pretty darn good for an emerging franchisor at our age. And so there are you know, 12 franchise owners out there that are helping us develop our brand. They've got quality of life. They're building wealth generating opportunities, et cetera. And I believe they in turn are paying it forward and hiring more veterans, et cetera. But I think where our biggest impact is leading by example. And so, yeah, there are all those within our system, but as we continue to succeed in our system, people ask us, we were the small business of the year in Tampa, Florida in 2017. We were the U.S. Chamber of Commerce's national runner-up for veteran-owned small business of the year two years later in 2019. And people ask, because we get the microphone as a result of that, and they ask, you know, how did you succeed? What's your recipe for success? I said, you know, I, I, I can't tell you. <laughs> it's VetCore. <laughs> we hire <laughs> veterans. You should try it. And so anytime we have the opportunity, we pay it for We talk to industry associations, chambers of commerce. We talk to fellow veterans to help them understand the challenges we've been through. So I think that even the larger impact is our story, our brand, who we represent. And we lead by example to show others how we don't believe it's taking a chance on veterans, but we recognize that some people do. And we say, hey, you should try it. It will pay you back. The return on investment will be substantial. So if there was a person in the room or listening right now who is a veteran who catches this podcast and listens to it and is still on the fence and maybe they can check the box, they want to do something they love, it be in service, get paid for it, and they're on the fence, what might be something you share with them or something to think about to maybe progress them and consider your offer? Well, one, I'd say connect with us. Our mission, I talk to so many veterans people with whom I've served, people who just meet me on LinkedIn, and whether they're interested in a franchise or not, connect with us because I'm happy to share those scars and lessons learned. That's the biggest thing. Kind of check your ego at the door, recognize you're going into a new, unfamiliar environment and, and seek help and grow your network. Because we're not traditionally, when people think of, I think oftentimes when veterans think of networking, they think it's kind of self-serving. And, and to some degree it is, but really it's, Deb, I appreciate you having me on this podcast. And so I want to know how I can help you in the future, as well as you're helping me now. It's a mutually benefit generating opportunity and relationship. And I would tell them, man, network, network, network with people and look to see how you can help them. In the meantime, they're going to try and help you with your transition. But we just oftentimes are too reluctant. We believe in ourselves. We have a lot of confidence in ourselves. We're very self-reliant, but we're also very team-oriented. So take that team orientation to assist you in forming better judgment, forming better understanding of the environment and network with people out there who don't know you perhaps as well as, as they should. I think that's really sound advice because networking can have a bad feeling about it, just like sales. And if you are just good at striking up a conversation, deeply getting to know the person, their values, their past, their story, and later get to the transaction. So tell me what you do. It's about that connection being memorable. And it was because of reading your resume and what you did. I was like, I want to get to know Paul a little bit better. And, you know, we show up here for people to enjoy the conversation, but it's not a one and done in most cases. Would love to know how to support. I feel good about sharing your story with others because you never know who's listening out there to say, hmm, I'm 
trust Paul based on what I've heard. I think I want to have a conversation and see if this offer is is helpful. So I just want to thank you for being part of my network and creating this content that's going to last forever. So if people wanted to connect with you, what is the best way so that they could maybe start a conversation with you? Well, Deb, can I just add, Please. when you said that, it's the same thing I talk to my franchisees about, people who are in sales. We are into relationships, not transactions. And if it's not clear, you and I are having this genuine, sincere conversation and developing a relationship, which I look forward to into the future. And I believe if you genuinely believe that and that happens, then the transactions will follow. You don't know where they're going to come, but just continue to focus on relationships. So speaking of that, generate a relationship with me. You can connect with me on LinkedIn, on Facebook. Those are the places I'm I'm most active. My company is active on those two, but most of the content and things I share with my personal network on those two forums. Also our website, vetcore, V-E-T-C-O-R services.com. We have links to our YouTube page. And on our YouTube page, we have content like Franchising 101 for Veterans. We have webinars on each step of the franchising process. I have a video about the value of veterans. It's good for veterans. It's good for employers who are potentially interested in hiring veterans. So any of those, you know, through our website, there are links or social media. Happy to connect with people because I believe if I'm connecting with them, I'm living what I say. Right. I'm, I'm interested in relationships. So, Paul, I just want to thank you for being an amazing guest. I sincerely appreciate just getting to know you. I know some vets. I know people in the construction trades. You never know who I might be able to connect with you, and maybe there'll be an opportunity there. But I just want to say thank you for your professional friendship. I wish you continued success. Thank you for the opportunity for me to do this with you and share it with our communities. I do wish you continued success, Paul. Well, thank you so much, Devin. I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you for listening to the Drop-In CEO Podcast. My new book, CEO's Compass, will change the way you think about leadership, navigate rapid transformation, and elevate the leaders of tomorrow. If you're feeling off track, the CEO's Compass Assessment will guide you to peace of mind in days, not months. You can learn more about the CEO's Compass by visiting my website at dropinceo.com. Now go out and lead, inspire, and achieve your goals.